Hey, 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 we're back for another week of the You Like That Feels Great Baby podcast. Uh, we're going to recap a little bit of week four in the NFL. We're mostly going to preview week five because we're a couple days late. Uh, we're so close to Thursday night football and the start of week five. We want to do like kind of a deep dive into next week's games rather than a huge recap of last week, given that we're coming to you a little bit later this week. Joey, we're almost a quarter of the way through the season already, which is absolutely nuts. It feels like, it feels like week one was like five days ago. It's absolutely insane. Let's take a look at what's on tap for week five. I cannot believe it, but we're actually, for the first time this year, we're going to start with the Vikes. We've started with the Niners every week because you've been unstoppable. But, like, yeah, we're off the schneid. Vikings actually have a record now. They're 1-3. Uh, we're playing Kansas City this week. That's our reward for beating Carolina is now you got Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift coming to town. Probably not Taylor Swift. Three in a row would be a little excessive. But uh, She might be a huge fan. We don't know. She could be a big Kirk guy or Kirk gal, you know, who knows? Like, I don't think she shops at Kohl's. No, I don't think so either. I think she's got a little bit more extensive wardrobe than uh, Kirko and his uh, Kohl's cash. Um, so the Vikes are off the schneid. Running game came back. Defense came alive. Harrison Smith probably had his best ever game as a Viking, which is insane because this is, by all accounts, probably his final season. Uh, he had three sacks, 14 tackles, a forced fumble that led to a touchdown. Um, incredible game for probably the only Hall of Famer on the Vikings right now. Jefferson can get there, but uh, Harrison Smith was maybe the best game for, for the Vikes. And uh, Kansas City kind of looked beatable last week against the Jets. So uh, as a neutral observer, if you look at Kansas City favored by four going to Minnesota next week, given the events of last week, what are you looking at in that game? It's, tough. it's a tough tough team to play trying to put up a win streak. Um, yeah, I mean, it, the Jets are, are a pretty decent matchup against uh, the Chiefs, I think, just looking back to last week because they, they can get home with, with four guys. But, um, I mean, I think the Chiefs' defense is better than what they've had in the Mahomes era, but I just – I used era, like – Taylor, and then you think of Taylor Swift. I'm so sick oh of Taylor Swift. I'm so sick of Taylor Swift. In the Mahomes era. Uh-huh. Oh, God. She's in her Kelsey yeah, okay. era. You're like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, I think the, I think Minnesota will be able to score on them. I really do, because that game's in, in Minnesota. Um, yeah, I think they'll be able to score. Will they be able to stop them? I'm not sure. Probably uh, no. Um, but... I, yeah, I think it'll be the total on the game is 52. And yeah, I think it'll be a high-scoring game. Again, turnovers. I mean, Minnesota's a lot better when they're not turning the ball over. Um, I mean, it's at least one, if not two, every game. I mean, I think it was like three and four. It was like seven after two games. And I think, yeah, I mean, they don't turn the ball over at home. And I mean, I think they'll be able to score. And it's just can their defense get a couple stops. Um, yeah, Flores. Harrison Smith been. plays like, I mean, I saw the highlights. Holy crap. Yeah, he got two sacks in the final three plays of the of the game. I mean, absolute stud performance from, a, I believe he's 33 now. It's incredible how well he's playing. Um, the crazy thing is, is Flores is actually blitzing more than the Giants defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale, which is kind of terrifying. Like, I love blitzing. I love a 3-4 defense. This is great. But when you watch that, that game, it's like, yes, it worked because Bryce Young is small. He's a rookie. He doesn't know the offense that well. I don't know he's if terrible. you can do that against Mahomes. Yeah, he's not quite good <laughs> at football yet. Um, against Mahomes, 
probably got to back off a little bit and put more guys in, in the secondary or you're going to get absolutely cooked. So we'll see how that goes this I've week. I've always thought against. about it. I don't know why. Like, I mean, you know, like in basketball sometimes, they'll just be like you, like one, maybe even two guys just follow this guy around. Everyone else just play a zone. Like, I don't know why teams don't put two guys on Travis Kelsey. Like, literally, like, guard him like a basketball player. Like, put yeah. two guys online, follow him around. And yeah. make Kadarius Tony catch the ball. Make yeah. like make it. I mean, you might be playing a little bit like, you know, a soccer team with a red red card or two out, but <laughs> like with with their team, I mean, yeah, I I think it's worth it. I mean, it's, I think we saw in the Jets game on Sunday Night Football. If you bracket Kelsey, I mean, Mahomes had three awful throws in that game like two like just of the worst picks of his career and neither of them were targeting Kelsey and I was like hey if you bracket him if you say hey we're gonna shove you at the line and once you get past five yards there's another guy there whose entire job it is to stop you maybe a chance here that the Vikings are only four point dogs I thought like I mean let's put two Matthew Delvadovas on Travis Kelsey and just follow him around and make his life miserable Annoy the shit out of Lance Stevenson on LeBron. Yeah, ex- yes. exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, traditional defense tra- Traditional defense isn't working against him most games. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's harder to do when they had better receivers, when they had Tyreek and they had even last year with, with Juju. And, um, you know, I mean, they're, the, this year the Chiefs receivers are, are well below average. Yeah, your cousin Sky Moore not yeah. doing a great job. No, he's not. No. Sky's the cousin, limit, but your other cousin DJ Moore has been doing quite well. But uh, he's, he's better. Tough time for Sky Moore. Um, you know. Niners last week, ho hum, another win, another cover. Uh, it looked a little iffy there at the start of the third quarter, but they pulled away at the end. Basically, a perfect performance through four games. A uh, lot of talk about CMC for MVP. Uh, big game this week. Uh, Niners are on fire. Purdy still has not lost a regular season game. This is the first huge test uh, in the Shanahan-Purdy era, uh, in the regular season at least. Uh, Sunday night football, Dallas is coming to Levi's. Niners are favored by three and a half. You worried about the Dallas D in this game, or are you very confident going into this one given the lack of injuries? I wouldn't say I'm very confident. I mean, I'm confident the team, the Niners team wins. But no, I, I mean... Purdy, other than up the the short week against the Giants game a couple weeks ago, I thought his worst performance was against Dallas in the playoffs. I mean, Dallas is so damn fast on defense, and uh, I thought that I thought that was a bit of a shock to not only him but just the whole offense in general. Um, do I have confidence in Dallas's offense to go and score as many points? I don't. Um, but that, that's why I, I thought I, th- I think it'll play out very similar to last year's playoff game. I think it'll be lower scoring. I think right. whatever team does not turn the ball over, and that's and Purdy's been, you know, that's been his only, number one thing. Only twenty of twenty one last week. For I Purdy mean, like two eighty. <laughs> yeah, like it was ho hum last. It really was. It's like you look at his stats. Yeah, twenty of twenty one, and like he was on the ball downfield. Like he was not. He threw a couple screens. McCaffrey, he you know McCaffrey leaps over a guy. Like yeah, I mean he's all pro McCaffrey, but I mean, Brock Purdy can, he is so accurate and stands in there. I mean, Dallas is so different. Dallas is a lot different than Arizona, but, um, I I was thinking about this the other day. I heard this on a, on a sports betting podcast. There is a chance that maybe five, 10 years from now, we look back at Brock Purdy being picked, whatever, 252nd in the draft will go down as one of the worst 
evaluations of a player, you know, in NFL history, if you're like, hey, there was a guy who's capable of being one of the five or six most accurate passers in the NFL, and he's available to every team seven times, and they all said no. It's wild. Every time I watch him, I'm like, how is this happening? Yeah, I saw today Kyle was asked, like, you know, what do you say to people that think he's a system quarterback, like a product of your system? And he basically said, poo-poo the question, like, watch the watch the tape. Like, he's played when he's hurt. He's played when he's been blitzed. He's, been, he's played when they've dropped everyone in coverage. Like, he, you know, I... It's to the point where, like, I think even if he does have, like, just his worst performance Sunday, you know, people might say, oh, primetime game, oh, we can't beat the good teams, like, oh, when the Niners are down. Like, I'm to the point where if he does have a poor game, like, it's just going to be like he had a bad game. Like, not like, oh, this Because it hasn't happened yet. Like, if you go, I mean, how many games he played? Okay, I think he played, like, six or seven last year, the playoff couple, like, nine. Played... 11 or 12 games and every game he's finished the game he's won. And most of them are multiple touchdowns and no turnovers. Like what do you want? I, and I relatively painless. And, and he's, and by the way, he's making pesos like, yeah, he has a roommate. Yeah. And the roommate is like, <laughs> I think he's on the practice squad. Like he's not even like, he's just like, I think he's got two roommates. I could be wrong, but I know he had two. I think he's down to one. Maybe. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean it's a huge game. I mean it's 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 I mean arguably the biggest game in the NFC this year. Um, yeah, this is this is the first. I mean, I know Dallas plays we'll, Philly twice every year, and I know the Niners go to Philly later, and the Niners games against Seattle will be big. Um, I think after the events of the Buffalo Miami game last week, we have to say like, yeah, that was the marquee matchup of the early season. After watching that game, you're like, no, 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 this is the heavyweight bout. Dallas at San Francisco on Sunday Night Football. It's going to be a good one. And watch out for Collinsworth, man. I mean, after his fellatio of fucking Zach Wilson last week, he is game for anything. And this one, he could be like, oh, my God, Brock Purdy. He is the greatest. <laughs> Here's the guy. Um, <laughs> I mean, Collinsworth in rare form last week. Let's see how he does on SNF for an The only crappy thing game. about it being Sunday night is, like, I'm all excited for it. But then it's like, the more I want that to come, the more Monday and it's back to work. But, yeah. That's all the TikToks I get, too, are like the official anthem of the Sunday Scaries. And it's like, do, 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 do. I'm like, yeah. I remember it's as a like, kid every time cool, I would hear that. It's super cool, like, if, if, if it's like big game, your team's in it, like, and then your team, you know, say they win, like, you know, you blast that Carrie Underwood, like, max volume on the TV, you just yell at a big <laughs> scream, like, you're just so jacked for this, and then... You know, it takes like one or two drives and you're either like, oh my God, it's going to be a great night. Or it's like, this is the end of myself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been a lot more uh, victorious watching a football for you than dejected in the past uh, 12 Brock Purdy starts. So I have a lot of hope for San Francisco in that game. You'll see later in my picks. I think they're going to be one of the selections. Um, Thursday night football, Chicago at Washington, disgusting game. Um, I don't want to talk about either of those teams. Washington, uh, they lost in a, a hard-fought game at Philly where they lost in overtime. And Chicago... Super decision by Ron Rivera. To not... Yes. Yeah. I would have we'll gone for to, it. We'll get to that later. Obviously, Riverboat Ron with his not going for two after scoring a touchdown as time expires. And then, of course, uh, your boy, uh, Matt Eberflus. We will get to him later. Um, the London game this week coming up. 
So it's Jacksonville is technically the road team in this matchup against Buffalo. Buffalo favored by five and a half. Uh, earlier this year, they released like game of the year lines on betting websites, and they were like, "Hey, you can bet on the London games." You know, two months before the season, this was Buffalo by two. It's now Buffalo by five and a half. I think this is actually one of the better games of the week, and I will be getting up for this one. Um, Buffalo looked unstoppable last week, but Jacksonville has been in London for the last week, so technically Jacksonville's definitely got some home field work in here. What do you think of that line, Buffalo minus five and a half? They're probably the best team in the AFC in terms of results to this point. Does that seem fair? Yeah. I I might have been wrong on Buffalo. I was pretty low on Buffalo coming into the season. Um, they put a beat down on Miami Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, Offense, defense, special teams, coaching, everything. Uh, Josh Allen was played like an MVP Sunday. Um, going to London, you always never really know with like travel, especially with Jacksonville. I assume Jacksonville stayed there. They, yeah, that's what I, I mean, read. Uh, so I think that what I mean, if this game was the schedule is technically supposed to be, you know, Jaguars at Buffalo. It's a huge advantage to Jaguars. This game's in London and not in Buffalo. Um, because if it was in Buffalo, I think the line would be bigger. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's fair. Fair line. Yeah, this is one that I guess I lean Buffalo a little bit. It's not going to make it into my top five picks. Um, the Monday or the uh, Sunday morning slate, not a lot of great games. They really, uh, after they flexed a couple games into the uh, late afternoon window, including the Vikings Chiefs, which that's been there the whole time, but that's now kind of the marquee game for CBS. Um, Tennessee minus one and a half at Indianapolis. This is one that intrigued me. I thought I would want to put a bet on Indy. They're right on the line. I don't know if I want to go with with them yet. Incredibly hard-fought performance last week at home against the Rams. Uh, I thought Anthony Richardson was a stud in the fourth quarter in that game, but they did start slow for a reason. They did not play well. Apparently Jonathan Taylor is a possibility maybe for this game, maybe next week. Um, For me, this game is I would bet Indy or nothing. What do you think? Tennessee minus one and a half at Indy. Yeah, I would not bet Tennessee. Um, Being a favorite on the road. Yeah, I... Yeah, I think I don't. I think the Colts are solid. I mean, yeah, tough start, but battled. I mean, came all the way back from twenty three nothing against you know pretty decently good team in the Rams. Um, yeah, I, I think I think Indy's quarterback is way more dynamic than Ryan Tannehill. I know they just beat the Bengals, but that's not saying much right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I would. I yeah, I'm the same as you. I'd either bet the Colts or, or nobody. Right. For me, the uh, the biggest dud last week, I think, was New England. I mean, some people will say Cincy. We'll get to them in a bit. But New England lost 38-3, to two defensive uh, touchdowns for Dallas. Belichick's worst loss of his career. Um, Mac Jones was as bad as you can possibly be. I think he was worse last week than Zach Wilson was in any of his previous starts this season really shocking to see you know this dynasty of the Patriots not only end but now they're like an absolute laughing stock they play at home this week and they're favored by a point and a half against New Orleans who clearly brought Derek Carr back too early uh Carr I believe his average air yards I was gonna bring that up because I he had like a decent I saw he had a decent completion and then it was like barely 100 yards but he completed like quite a bit of passes 
Yeah. So the I saw this stat today. This is one of the wildest stats I've ever seen. The record for fewest yards when catching 13 or more passes was 70 yards by Marshall Falk. Until last week when Alvin Kamara caught 13 for 33 yards. Shattered the record. Like, clearly Carr wasn't healthy enough to throw the ball down the field. So the Saints are compromised. That's why New England's favored by one and a half in this game, despite laying an absolute egg last week. I want no part of this game. Both these teams suck. Both these teams have major problems. Uh, nothing yeah. to bet on in this game, right? Other than the under, maybe. No, nothing to bet. I couldn't bet the Patriots right now if they were playing against Alabama right now. I think the <laughs> Patriots are god-awful. I think Mac Jones, I, I mean, he was horrendous Sunday. You called it before the season on the path. This is one of the ones I was a, right. I yeah. mean, big picture, it's, it's starting to get really dicey for Bill Belichick. Because, like, you are now turning into what you were before Tom Brady. Like, Except now he has, like, family members on his staff and nepotism hires. This is getting really I rough. just, <laughs> like, for a guy who has won so much, I mean... Six Super Bowls is obviously like borderline untouchable. I mean, not not just for another coach to reach it or or surpass it, but I mean, just like you don't even criticize somebody who's like won that much. But like, damn, uh, like I mean, I'm watching you know the the talk shows and the pods this week, and it's like the heat is starting to like. Hello, dude. Like you you can't be like just complete ass, like. <laughs> I think he'd get so much more, like, leeway if he was, like, finishing, like, decently. Mac Jones was improving, you know. Like, even just, like, the coaching staff wasn't, like, a complete cluster some years. Yeah. You know, if – yeah, I just – it's it's awful. It's off. They look awful and – They're lucky to be one and three. They probably they're should lucky. have lost – They're lucky Rodgers got hurt because they would that'd be two more L's to the Jets. Yeah, they'd be like two and fifteen. They may get a couple uh, W's when they they've already beat the Jets once in New York, and they'll probably beat them uh, when they come to New England at the end of the year. But man, tire fire in New England. Uh, Moving on to another game in that ten a.m. Western window. This is one that I am looking to bet. Pittsburgh is. catching four and a half points at home against Baltimore. So Baltimore going on the road after a couple of great performances. Uh, last week against Cleveland, they won, I believe it was 28-3. to yeah. um, Dorian Thompson-Robinson played. Watson was out. It was still very impressive. I think this is a buy-low point on Pittsburgh and a sell-high on Baltimore. I do like Baltimore. I picked them to make the playoffs. I like John Harbaugh. I like Lamar Jackson. I like the infrastructure there. But... This is one of those bets that it's a body language bet, and everybody knows we're a body language podcast. I saw Mike Tomlin last week after that loss, as mad as I've ever seen him. And he has, he's been in some memes for how mad he gets in these <laughs> post-game press conferences. Like, we do not care. <laughs> we like, do not care. That's just a great one. That's just a great one. Yeah. So Tomlin is pissed, and I think changes are coming to that team I think he's going to play some more young guys I think he was pissed at the effort last week especially in the second half getting absolutely throttled by Houston Pittsburgh plus four and a half I'm thinking I might add that to my picks Um, obviously Baltimore's been really good this year 
does it scare you to take Pittsburgh even though they're at home given how bad Pickett's been playing and that he's coming off an injury or is this one of those where it's like hey slugfest low scoring Tomlin versus Harbaugh take the points nope I I would I think I think Pittsburgh's terrible I I like <laughs> I, I Another one, I wasn't, I don't want to say I was wrong on the Ravens. I just, again, like Miami, I just did not have any faith that, like, Lamar could play 16, 17 games. But if he right. did, yeah, they're, I mean, they're damn good. And they're winning games right now with, with a ton of injuries everywhere. Like, it's been impressive. And the way that they've won, I mean, this is kind of like a knockout blow in week five, like, to the whole division. They would have wins on the road over uh, Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh. Yes. Right, yeah, and and it's like okay, you know, Cincinnati is just in shambles right now. Pittsburgh's in might be in bigger shambles, and Cleveland, they're on a bye this weekend. I believe, yeah, the Niners go to Cleveland the week after that. Mm-hmm. And I heard some rumblings like players were a little unhappy. Deshaun didn't play. It was like a little, you know. Apparently, he was telling everyone he was going to play all week, and then he doesn't. So, who knows yeah, how much strange situation there with Cleveland? That was apparently the beat reporter told everybody because there was all this speculation Watson's not going to play and the beat reporter I think her name is Mary Kay Cabot there she's like the oh you heard from her I heard from somebody else yeah well she said he's playing no worries at all he's playing he I saw someone I was an article that someone quoted like it was because it was a guy I know who Mary Kay like I remember her face on like some articles like she's been around she knows her stuff been around a while but there's some other guy I never heard of but they're like oh he's like the Ravens beat guy for the athletic I think and he's Mm -hmm. like yeah um, or the, the Browns, excuse me. And he's like, yeah, Deshaun told everyone he was playing all week. Yeah, he's playing. And then, boom. And then you just <laughs> get waxed at, at home. And I was like, what? But and anyways, back, me, yeah. Yeah, you and I, we thought DTR was going to be a stud. Yeah, okay. Not so much. I, I was like, good. I saw that. I was like, huh, wrong. I was wrong. Um, no, I mean, for the, like the Ravens, I think this is, I mean, I, I, I picked Tomlin to win coach of the year before this. That, that could be a disaster. But I mean, I don't care how mad he gets. I don't care how rah rah he gets. Like, you ain't gonna change the players like that much. And you know, barring unforeseen injuries or whatever, like, I don't see how their their so offense saying, cannot move the ball at all. Yeah, there's a reason Baltimore's favored like that, and that's because of I mean, Pittsburgh's offense is so bad. They've been clamoring the Pittsburgh fans week after week for their offensive coordinator Matt Canada to get fired. They hate him. Still hasn't been. They hate his guts. And uh we'll see. I mean this is kind of one of those kitchen sink games. It uh, is. That's the that's the only thing. Off. That's the only thing that makes me like think this isn't gonna be like what I think it's gonna be is like, okay, Pittsburgh borderline I mean has to win this game. They have to show yeah, something. Twenty three seven Baltimore is kind of what you're looking at, right? You're like Pittsburgh yeah. ain't going to score a lot of points. Yeah, you're scaring me off that one. But here's one I'm definitely very comfortable with. Our guy, D'Amico Ryans, and the 2-2 two and two Houston Texans going to Atlanta, who's minus two after their loss uh, in London. They're 2-2. Two and two. They're favored by two. I mean, that makes no sense to me. Atlanta is playing like shit right now. They can't <laughs> throw the ball. Ritter's been awful. Houston is on fire. They just had a game where they just absolutely waxed a Mike Tomlin coach team. Uh, really like Houston plus two there. We're all in on the D'Amico train here. We'll get to that later, but you, you got to feel comfortable with this pick, right? Yeah, Houston I, I mean, two. I think I think the Texans are better than what Vegas thinks they are, and I think Atlanta sucks. 
yeah, Atlanta can run the ball, but other than that, I mean, they really don't have much going for them right now. It was a relatively easy, painless win for Jacksonville, who wasn't exactly playing good football. Yeah, I mean, they did not. They, I think they won with, like, their C, C-plus game. Be, yeah, be, and Atlanta, I mean, their wins look worse and worse the further we go into the season, so we'll see how they hold up here against Houston. Um, Carolina at Detroit. Detroit is favored by 10 after their huge statement-making win on Thursday night football against the Packers last week. The division is the Lions right now. Like, if the Vikings somehow beat Kansas City, maybe it's game on. But for right now, the Lions absolutely control that division. Carolina struggled in their game against the Vikings. I don't really see how they're going to score many points, uh, even against a bad Detroit defense. Uh, Detroit's going to score points in bunches I don't think their defense is that bad. Yeah, I, I think they showed up last week against Green Bay. I think the game against Seattle maybe was more of an indicator of how good Seattle's offense is, but uh, Detroit's yeah. statement-making win last week. But I you texted me was... about their schedule. I was like, hmm. I looked at it. I'm like, we keep talking about Philly and Niners and Dallas, but like, like if Detroit doesn't lose like the couple games against really good like that they have, like they think they play Dallas late in the season, mm. and they might play – I mean, they – the division games are sometimes tough. Maybe they lose to like Minnesota or Green Bay, but which, but like they they went to Green Bay and like just killed them. Um, and I, I remember looking at their schedule and being like, oh well, they're going to have to play Kansas City at some point. Oh, they already did in Week One, and they beat them. Like this is going to be like pretty yeah. Wild. I mean they're whew, I mean they're looking at least at thirteen and four. Yeah, it's one. It's an incredibly easy schedule that they've gotten through to this point. Probably I would say two of their four most difficult games, uh, one and one. So it's like, man, they could really run the table here and yeah. go something like, you know, 15 and two. Crazy to say for the Lions, but, I mean, they are just looking really great at this point. I think they'll roll through Carolina. Uh, Miami minus 11 at home against the Giants. That game got moved they might put up 80 to 1 p.m. I mean, have you ever seen a more listless team that had, like, some kind of expectation going into the season than the Giants? Like, I believe Jones was sacked 10 times in that first game against the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. And in this game, he was sacked 11 times by the Seahawks. He's just getting battered out there. That offensive line has no hope. I, I can't believe that this is only 11. I thought it'd be 14, 14 and a half. It should be a college football line. It should be like <laughs> minus 22 and a half. It's like William and Mary at Alabama. You're like, oh boy. Yeah, just like we're not even doing it. And Miami's pissed after last week yeah. in Buffalo, too. In Miami, yeah, that's oh boy. Yeah, I'm sure a lot. I'm I'm just now thinking, you know, my Pittsburgh bet you scared me off of it. Maybe I go with Miami now. Um, here's the one that I wanted to talk about. This is one of the craziest lines in the history of football. So earlier this week, so basically the games end, uh, the majority of games end around 4:30 ish West Coast time. It's at that point that. A lot of these sports books try to roll their lines out quick so they can get some early money, move the line a little bit, and then balance it out. So I went on and I was like, okay, Cincinnati after that shit-ass performance going on the road to Arizona. I was like, okay, Arizona looked pretty good for most of the game against San Francisco. They beat uh, Dallas the week before. Dobbs looks good. You know, Connor's running hard. I guess that the line would be either Pickham or maybe like Arizona minus one. It opened Cincinnati minus seven and a half. <laughs> I'm one of the craziest. I didn't. I didn't bet it at the time. I, I was like, 
oh, that's got to be wrong. Like, I'm going to click on it on the Bovada thing, and it's going to be like, eh, that's wrong. So, for whatever reason, I didn't bet it. I wish I would have. It's now Cincinnati minus three, which to me is still way off, right? Like, this game should be pick at least, if not Arizona favored. It just shows you, like, how strong some of these, like, just initial ties to what we think teams are. Because, I mean, yeah, before the season, before the season, you could have said this line would have been Cincinnati minus, like, nine and a half. Mm -hmm. Like, so seven and a half, it's like, okay, it's just just this never-ending belief that they're going to turn it around. And it's like, at what point do, does Vegas, like, kind of jump ship? On the Bengals, and right. it doesn't look like it's this week. If they opened it at minus seven and a half, um, but even at three now, I think I, mean, I don't like it. They think Burrow is healthy now, which he's clearly not. Clearly, he said he was, but he doesn't look like it. Um, yeah, I, I probably would. I probably would bet Arizona. Probably would. Yeah, I- I, it's absolutely shocking to me that despite what we've seen from the Bengals, they're still getting this much respect. Um, another late game that's actually turned out to be a great one that before the season people probably thought wouldn't be, Philadelphia minus four and a half at the Rams in L.A. Obviously part of this handicap always has to be, hey, there's going to be 50,000 Eagle fans at this game. But another one where I kind of look at the home team, like obviously Philly has been you know, lights out for the most part in terms of winning the game. But if you watch the games themselves, they probably should not be 4-0. and And the Rams, you know, that loss against the Bengals stings so bad because they probably should be 3-1. and uh, If I was to bet a team here, it would be the Rams. I'm probably going to stay away. But this is a sneakily good matchup, especially if Stafford's healthy and possibly Cooper Cup's back. Yeah, I mean, it's it turned out to be a really good one. It all comes down if the Rams can have any sort of running game, which is difficult against Philly and in their front. Um, yeah, I, I would, if I was betting this game, I would probably just stay away. Cause I, I don't, I don't love the way Philly's playing right now. Um, being the game, being in LA, like you said, doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. And boy, Stafford, if he's healthy, if their offensive, see, I just, and the, the thing is, I don't think their offensive lines get a hold up against, mm-hmm. against Philly, but I mean, yeah. Shout out to my guy, Kyron Williams, who has saved my fantasy football season across three different teams. That guy, out of nowhere, he's better than Akers ever was. He's better than Sony Michelle ever was. Great player. And they find him in the, you know, they find yeah. him on the scrap heap. Yeah. <laughs> Running back value, we want to get paid. <laughs> There's also this guy who's free. Anyways, um, I mean, if Stafford can be healthy and uh, here comes uh cooper cup and yeah puka Doncic and and i mean they're solid could they can they stop philly i don't know i think i think that'd be difficult but four i and wanted and a half to bet this right. one at uh the over under was set at 46 to start the week it's up to 51 people are betting the over on that all over the place i think philly's defense as we saw against the vikings they gave up 28 um Washington, they gave up 27. I mean, that's the defense is down from what it was last year for sure with Gannon being gone um, you yeah. know, and them losing Hargrave. It's not as good a defense. Obviously, the offensive line is still insanely good. We'll see how that one goes. Uh, we got to talk about the fucking Nathaniel Hackett Bowl, the dumpster fire bowl. Jets at Denver. It's amazing how like just a shit-ass game could be like, oh, can't wait to watch this. That's the NFL. Like, yeah. 
different than all other sports. Like nobody wants to watch like the Detroit Tigers against the Pittsburgh Pirates in in a baseball game. But you give these two one and three teams a a spot on TV, everybody's going to watch it. Jets at Denver. Denver's favored by a point and a half. Wilson's been fine. And by that, I mean both Wilsons in this game. I mean, Zach Wilson was good, actually, for the first time in a long time in last week's game um, against Kansas City on Sunday Night Football. And then Russell Wilson's been fine in basically all four games this year. The Denver defense, I just saw this stat uh, on Sunday, they, through four games, are on pace to be the worst defense in the history of DVOA, which basically tracks how your defense plays compared to other teams, other eras, normalizes all that and then just says hey given who you played given the era you played in Denver's the worst ever through four weeks they made Justin Fields look like a beast last week I can't I was shocked that anybody was favored in this game I thought it would just be pick them because nobody knows who's going to win this game anybody who says oh yeah so and so is a lock Jets are a lock Denver's a lock they're lying to you like this is a toss-up game between two really screwed up coaching staffs and franchises right now yeah, no, I, I'm pulling for the Jets. God, I, Denver's such a tire fire. But like you said, I, Russ has not been the problem. You know, their defense is awful, just awful. And they cut Bradley Chubb. Um, so we'll see if that makes a difference. Probably not. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, if this was ever a game Zach Wilson was going to. Randy Gregory, we should say. Oh, yeah. Uh, wrong guy. I was like, that sounds wrong. I said it out loud. I was like, they cut him? He plays for Miami. Um, yeah, that's right. Because they, well, well, we'll leave Trey Lance alone. But I think they got him with that pick, one of the ones we sent him. Anyways, if there was ever a day to get Zach Wilson going, it would be this one. Um, yeah, I. Just to, I mean, the whole Nathaniel Hackett coaching the offense against Sean Payton and his woeful defense, that'll be a storyline. But, like, in terms of, like, actually watching the game, I mean, everybody's attention's going to be on the Philly and Rams and Vikings and Chiefs games. So this one will be on the back burner, but it could be one of those ones we talk about all week if, you know, one team blows out the other. So um, Could you imagine if one. the Jets blow out Denver with Zach oh. Wilson? Like, you know, say Wilson puts up, Zach Wilson puts up 30 points. Say it's like 30 to 13. I mean, we're right back where we were when it was 21 nothing Bears in the first half last week where it's like, can they fire Sean Payton? Like, financially, would that be something they could do? <laughs> like, we're going to have that conversation if that game goes that way. Absolutely yeah. wild. Yep. Monday Night Football next week, Green Bay at Las Vegas. Again, another one is going to be all Packers fans because there's no home field advantage in Vegas. Packers are favored by one on the road here. Um, this is a game where it's – I think it's kind of a statement game for the Packers. Like, if you intend to have any shot of making the playoffs, you have to win this one. Vegas has been bad the last three weeks. They've slid to one and three after a, a one-point win at home – or on the road, excuse me, against the Broncos. Doesn't look impressive at all anymore. No. So – the Raiders are a borderline just dumpster fire. It may not be borderline because I think they're one game. They're one, maybe two, absolutely max away from hitting the nuke button on this roster, on this team. I just they're going nowhere. Um, the whole Patriots West thing. Like Devonte Devonte Adams is already talking to the media. Like get me the hell out of here. Um, so boy, is Chandler Jones apparently. Oh, he's he's out of there. 
he's <laughs> yeah no they're they're classic raiders josh mcdaniels i mean joke um jimmy <laughs> love you but your performance against pittsburgh was horrendous and then you got get hurt don't play last week not avail- i assume he's not going to play again he might but even if he does i think the packers roll him I really do. Plus, it's even worse, those home field advantages in Vegas, when it's like the NFC team comes like once every like eight years. Like It's like, oh, this is the one. This is the one. And like the Packers, that thing is going to be green and yellow everywhere. Oh, yeah. All those Wisconsin folks who are like, hey, I can go to Vegas and watch the Packers. This is my, probably my only chance in the next eight years. Let's do it. And they've been planning for months for this trip. I agree. The with only you. thing that's green keeping them away is the fact that it's a Monday. If it that's was true. even keeping them away. But I don't think yeah. so. As if anyone who lives in Vegas goes to these games. It's literally all tourists. Um, so there we just recap the 13 games on tap this week. We actually have buys this week, week, which sucks. I mean, we always want everybody to be playing every week. But the buys have come, as everybody who uh, plays fantasy football knows. All my uh, Seahawks, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Kenneth Walker, they're on the bench for, for me this week. A lot of, lot of teams uh, that... that have a lot of fantasy players are on buys but we just recapped all 13 games i think going forward we like doing this where we talk about next week and in the context of last week we bring it up i, I like that better than just kind of recapping every game from last week especially when we record later in the week um let's go over to your jack in the bum of the week it's every week i'm like stunned like there's always so many awesome candidates i'm like wow there's a lot of people who like fail publicly spectacularly all the time and it's like great for content um first one i want to talk about is obviously the oakland a's for a million reasons as an a's super fan i'm like even i can admit (laughs) a million reasons but i don't know if you saw this this is probably two week old news no i did my dad actually told me about it and i was like, oh my god he said he said they were talking about it uh because he you know loves his canadian hockey radio they were talking about it there (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah, that's what the A's get national news for is Miguel Cabrera, one of the greatest players in the history of baseball. He's retiring. Every stadium he goes to for, for the final time, they give him some kind of gift for his retirement. The A's gave him a Safeway store-bought bottle of wine that apparently is like $90. Not only is that like the cheapest, crummiest retirement gift you could ever give like a legendary athlete, but he's a recovering alcoholic, has been very public oh, I didn't about hear his that struggles part. with with alcohol yeah that's, i didn't that's, hear that part oh my god that everybody who's you know known anything about miguel cabrera knows that guy is like someone who's been very public about you know i'm sober now it you know affected my life he claimed a lot of his you know lack of performance in the later years of his career was because he was battling alcohol abuse that doesn't matter to the a's who are the biggest freaking asleep at the wheel franchise in the history of sports they probably told some intern go to the store buy a bottle of wine keep it under 100 bucks and we'll give it to them before the game tire fire franchise they had to be mentioned for my main takeaway is like just in general i think these are really stupid like these like just tours these these players go on oh which, yeah which, like wayne wright and yeah like which i don't think i think most of those players don't really like they're not like oh where's my freaking tour like, unless you're, like, you know, Babe Ruth or, like, I mean, really? Like, I mean, Milka Brayer is a really good play, Hall of Famer, but, like, 
Like, if you're an A's player, Oakland, like, why the you don't give a shit about Miguel Cabrera? Like, <laughs> honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, so if I was the A's, I'd just be like, look, man, like, sorry. We're not get, like, you're not an A's. You know, why are you, Why do you get one? Like, because wasn't it last year, maybe two years ago, like, Albert Pujols goes on this tour? Like, damn good player. Hall of Famer. But, like, I, I don't know. I just, I'm, why? Like, who 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 died and made you king? Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm so, like... It's those are it is weird, but I thought it was funny that the A's got him the crappiest bottle of wine at Safeway. <laughs> like, and just people were saying like Napa is like right here, like the greatest selection of wines in the world, and yeah. you went to Safeway and bought, you know, the feels great baby brand <laughs> of wine, and and give it to him free game. Like, why? Like it's it's just it would have been so much better if you just did did nothing if you literally just said the dog if Stomper ate the wine would have been better <laughs> absolutely and I did not know he was like a recovering I did not know that so that's hilarious yeah classic Oakland A's classic Dave Cavill and John Fisher asleep at the wheel bunch of bums um, continuing the the candidates for Jack and the Bum of the Week Desmond Ritter's been. The worst quarterback in the NFL through four weeks. He got Zach Wilson off the off the bump there. Uh, horrendous performance in that game in London. He's been bad for a while now. Uh, Belichick, who we mentioned earlier, his first time being mentioned in the Jack and the Bum of the Week category. I mean, when you lose thirty-eight to three and you're a Hall of Famer, that's not something that usually happens. <laughs> Even guys like Tomlin, when they have a bad loss, it's not that embarrassingly bad. Uh, the Steelers, you know, they're they're there for sure. The Bengals with Burrow being hurt, that horrendous performance, and then one that I, if I was doing Jack in the Bum of the Week, I would have picked the Giants' offensive line. I've never seen a performance that bad in my entire life to allow 11 sacks every time they went to pass the ball or run the ball. Like by the time the quarterback touched the ball, there was two guys in the backfield. I was like, one of the worst performances I've ever seen from an offensive line, but. There's one major candidate I'm omitting here from last week's events. The floor is yours. Yeah, whenever um, I have one of these and and there's like one that's like part, you know, play on the field and then part just like off field stuff. I like to lean that one because I feel like it's like extra bummy than like just being bad. Mm. Like Giants offensive line was bad. You know, Desmond Ritter was just bad. But like maybe if like it'd be like if Desmond Ritter like was bad and then post game was like. Yeah, my offensive line just sucks and no one catches the ball. Like, maybe you make the bum of the week. But the bum of the week, the jack and the bum of the week this week, is the Bears. And I mean everybody. Starts at the top. Because it started, it started week one. This 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 is a four-week. This might be the quarter poll jack and the bum of the week. Mm-hmm. Jack and the bum of the quarter. Week one, uh, Chase Claypool gives about as much effort as I do. Uh like getting up off the couch on a Sunday to block <laughs> or to like give any effort at all. And the team just does nothing. No, not does nothing about it. And I want to go back even further because he was only a Chicago bear because they traded for him. They got to get Justin Fields help. Well, he's going to need more than Chase Claypool, <laughs> like giving an F minus effort. They gave him a second round pick. That was pick 32 oh. for Chase Claypool comes to your building. Not even a top 40 NFL wide receiver. Well, according to him, he's top three. <laughs> uh, yeah, the awful effort. But then he just kind of just kind of sits there, kind of 
Moles in the water bit, and uh, we're just like, oh, he's going to play week two. Okay, fine. I mean, obviously, they continue to lose. He's given maybe slightly better effort. Uh, zero production. And then we get to, like, you hear Sunday morning, um, like, oh, the Chicago Bears, they're looking to trade him. Huh? Trade him? <laughs> you sent him home. You said go away. What value? You couldn't get a, a you couldn't get an empty Gatorade bottle. You couldn't get an empty recycled Gatorade bottle for Chase Claypool right now. You sent him home. And then I think post game, the the coach said, "Oh no, he decided to go home on his own, and we allowed it." And then somebody else, it might have been the GM. I think I don't know, said, "No, we it sent was him the home." GM Ryan Pace. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So clearly not on the same page. Like just cut him. They should have cut him week one. Like after like. What do you have to lose? Like you're terrible. Like that's how that is how I think good coaches good at like turn it around. Like that shit will not be tolerated. Mm-hmm. Like not be. To- and they have DJ Moore. They have Cole Komet. They have Mooney. It's not like it's going to kill the team on the field. Yeah, and if it does, which it wouldn't, <laughs> like it is so to let everyone like, dude, we're we're sick and tired of losing. Like this, this shit is not going to be tolerated. Not a chance. And they're like, oh, yeah, he's fine. He'll be here next week. And then we're trying to trade him, but then send him home. We don't really know. And then, yeah, they on top of all that, they blew a 28-7 uh, to seven lead uh, to Denver. Yeah. yeah. To Denver. 24 unanswered to Denver in their current state. To lose, like, their 14th straight game in a row. Yeah. Have you seen that graphic that shows, has this sports team won a game since uh, Elon Musk bought Twitter? And it shows all 121 other professional sports teams in the United States. Yes. Chicago Bears. <laughs> no. 14 in a row. They haven't won since mid-October of 2022. I believe they haven't won uh, a game. I, I saw this stat last week. It was like they haven't like been a favorite at home and won since like 2020. Like it's insane how unbelievably inept they've been for for the past few years they have taken over the mantle from the lions right like they're now the lions like the lions are good and the bears are just always bad like how can it get any worse than than this like they're teams that are just bad but like don't feel like as just perennially hopeless as the chicago bears like you really think about it like i've heard people talk about it like They've always had, like, maybe decent defense, you know, like, you know, I'm trying to think, like. Yeah, the 06 team, Rex Grossman, I mean, it was not a good offense, but the defense was like they, they're They might have pick one and two next year. I thought that might be Arizona, but it might, it probably is going to be Chicago with them and Carolina's pick. Mm-hmm. Like, could you picture Caleb Williams working out as a Chicago Bear? <laughs> like, I mean. Even, not, even if Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. is the pick. That's that I, too. I just, Probably I don't not. see it. I don't see it. Like I don't. I don't ever see the Chicago Bears having a good quarterback. There's nothing. It's not even like. Well, that's because it's never happened. It's literally never happened before. Like the closest they've come to it was Jay Cutler, Jim McMahon. I mean, there there hasn't been a good Bears quarterback since before games were put on TV. Like it's been that long. Yeah, I just. We all thought they were that Caleb was talking about Arizona when he said, "I might return to college." Or his dad was like, you know, we might, you know, do an Eli Manning, you know, uh, you know, one of those draft day, like, we're not playing for you. And we're like, oh, sorry, man. That sucks, Michael Bidwell. That sucks, Arizona. <laughs> no. It might have been the Bears. 
Yeah, this whole time it was the Bears. Uh, so there it is. Joey's Jack and Dubum of the week. Yeah, Dubum. It's Dub Bears after that listless performance in the second half, blowing a 28-7 lead after Fields' best game as a pro in the first half and overall. I mean, his best game by far as a pro, and boom. The defense just completely shits their pants. Uh, Fields fumbles at the end of the second half. The Bears lose 14 in a row, 0-4. Tire fire right now. The Bears, Joey's jacking the bum of the week. Let's head over to my You Like That Picks. Uh, we're 11-8-1 so far in 2023. We took a step back last week with our first losing week of the year. We went 2-3. and three. Still, you know, three games over 500. Uh, doing pretty well. Pretty confident in the way we view the games. I made a couple switches after from my original five picks to my current five picks. So I originally had Pittsburgh plus five. I also had um, an over in the Green Bay uh, Las Vegas game. However, after our you know breakdown of these games earlier i've made a couple switches um houston plus two is a must for me for you everybody who has access to betting should put a couple bucks on houston plus two here D'Amico ryan's has that team playing so hard cj stroud looks great he's not turning the ball over i mean the defense even with not a lot of top end talent other than their draft pick from last year it's looked really competent they held the steelers to six points i know it's the steelers but Six points is, I mean, it's really impressive. Um, and their win against Jacksonville, I mean, 20-point win on the road against a team that a lot of people pick to be one of the you know final four in the AFC. I've been so impressed with Houston. I think that's a must. I think Arizona plus three is a must, given how bad Cincinnati's been. Unless Burrow is just 100% healthy for this game, and unless T. Higgins magically plays, doesn't look like he's going to, unless Jamar Chase is done with his I'm always open antics it looks like a tire fire there in Cincinnati so I like Arizona plus three you got me on Miami plus minus 11 uh you think I mean you said they're gonna score 80 I mean I I don't know why I make this more complicated than it needs to be Miami's gonna roll in that game right I don't see how possibly they (laughs) I mean even (laughs) if the backup comes in like even if Tua gets hurt and yeah i the Giants are reeling right now, reeling, and uh, playing. If they get Barkley back, what difference does it make? Yeah, I mean, it's not gonna. Does he block? No, <laughs> um, no. I mean, yeah. I just, I know a lot of times you see like minus like double digits. You're like, whoa, but like, Miami's. There's a run. reason. Yeah, I mean, if the if the Giants ruin this bet for us, that means they scored 24 plus points. And I don't think that's going to happen, given the way their offense. Twenty four ain't going to win it. <laughs> no, but I mean to screw our minus eleven. Oh, that I don't think that's going to gonna screw that either. <laughs> so you heard it here. Joey says. Uh, oh, you don't like even if they do score twenty four. Like you don't think Miami scored thirty five? <laughs> I home? think they're going to put up a lot. And the crazy thing is, is if anybody gets hurt other than Tyreek, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I guess he pronounces his name Achan. Devin Achan is just absolutely unstoppable. Mostert is amazing. You know, Jalen Waddle's amazing. They got the tight end catching pass. They got Braxton Berrios catching pass. They got River Craycraft catching a touchdown. It doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't matter. Mike McDaniel's just dicking around at this point and scoring 40 points. 
Um, my fourth pick is going to be the Niners minus three and a half. I want this to be minus three so bad, but it looks like it's just not going to get there. I'll take the Niners minus three and a half at home. I haven't seen anything in any of Brock Purdy's regular season starts to think that they won't at least have a chance to win this game by four or more points. At least they'll have that opportunity late in the fourth quarter. And then you got me on Green Bay minus one at, at Vegas. I like that. I like that Vegas has gotten worse and worse each week, and they have a question at quarterback. You made the point about Green Bay going to have a ton of home fans for this game in Vegas. I just, Green Bay's better. Their coach is better. Quarterback is not great, but I mean, he's better than Jordan Love did did look pretty bad first half, especially against Detroit. Yeah, but he's playing against a wagon in Detroit. I don't know. I I feel like that's just a solid bet. There's a reason that this is only one. one. Like, you think you're going to beat him? Yeah. They're going to I think they beat him. All right. There it is. Your you like that picks for week five in the NFL. We're 11, 8, and 1 so far in 2023. Looking to improve on that. Uh, we're going with Houston plus two uh, at Atlanta. We're going with Arizona plus three at home uh, against Cincinnati. We're going Miami minus 11 at home against the lowly Giants. We're going SF minus three and a half at home on Sunday night football uh, against Dallas. And then the big one on Monday night football. Uh, that probably not as big as the one on Sunday night football, but uh, for those of us who are betting these games, Green Bay minus one on Monday night there in Vegas. There they are, your five. You like that picks of the week. Joey, it's time to wrap up the pod with your feels great baby, your take you feel, your wildest take you feel best about currently. Um, we debated going back and forth on a couple things here, but you're going with one of our favorite guys in the NFL. You think he's turned his ship around down there, uh, down south. I feel pretty great about the Houston Texans winning the AFC South. I, they look. By really the way, good. I looked at it. They were plus eight fifty before the season to win the AFC South. Huge underdog. I mean, they they look really good. Um, just looking at their schedule here, like you could tell the coach is really good. Like, how fast do you turn around like your side of the ball? So, like D'Amico, right? He's given up nine to the Baltimore. Six to Pittsburgh, and twenty and seventeen each to Colts and Jaguars. So I mean, he's given up. I mean, what is that? Fifteen points a game, mm-hmm. about. Um, but you just look at their schedule. Like, what of these games is like? Are they not like, at least in it, if not favored? Okay, they get Atlanta, New yeah. Orleans, Carolina, yeah. Tampa. Yeah. The yeah. Bengals would have been a big game, but I don't know. Arizona Jaguars. They already beat them once. Yeah. Denver, the Jets, yeah. Yeah. they do get the Titans two out of the last four of the year, and they have Cleveland and then the Colts. But Not like, literally none of those games. Not even the Cincy one. No. Like, they're going to be either favored or in it. Like, I mean, I mean, maybe the Cleveland one. Like, if, if, but like, do I? No, I don't. I have no faith that like Deshaun will be healthy or good. Like, I think Cleveland's defense is pretty good, but like, no, I, yeah, I, there's no games on there like at at Kansas City, at Buffalo, you know, at Miami, or against you know the Niners or whatever. Like that's a cakewalk schedule for them to get to nine and eight. They can do it. I think they, fin- they I think they finished better than nine and eight. I mean, they might go like ten, eleven wins. Be insane. He would win Coach of the Year for sure. If they it's just weird, such a weird division with I mean, everyone's two and two. Um. 17 points against 79 to win. I guess that is 20. How does that make sense? 
look at Joey doing live math on the pod. Am I like this is stupid? It says Houston's allowed seventy nine points this season. Divided well, by four, th- it's like twenty points a game. Yeah, I think you miscounted their first game against Baltimore because they you said they only gave up nine. To oh, Baltimore. I'm looking. I'm looking at. Oh yeah, what? An, yep, stupid idiot. But still, under 20 points a game on a team that I think was probably allowing close to 30 a game last year. Incredible turnaround from D'Amico. And that division's been wild, right? Jacksonville is a lot worse than everybody thought. And Indy and, you know, the Texans are way better than everyone thought. Yeah, so they did lose to the Colts. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I read that totally wrong. Um, But even, like, conversely, look at their offense. They won with 37 against the Jaguars. They won with 30 against Pittsburgh. C.J. Stroud has proved me wrong. I thought he was just the next Ohio State guy to just fail in the NFL. But, boy, is he off to a good start. Holy smokes. Um, yeah. A lot of people looking at that decision to take Bryce Young over C.J. He looks now, really right? small right now. <laughs> he, I mean, he looks small. Like, the couple times I saw Harrison Smith sack him, it's like, oh, my God. Is he getting up? Like, <laughs> that's Harrison Smith. And that's Harrison Smith. This isn't a 300-pounder. This is a relatively lanky safe the thing is like everyone told us like oh he's super smart he's not gonna get hit like he was hit square <laughs> twice by a safety yeah corner blitzes all over the place have just been getting to him in every game he's played in almost like daniel jones in that game with witherspoon from the seahawks just coming off the edge it's been crazy i mean and you, you the point you make about cj stroud is of all the quarterbacks, I feel like in the last three or four drafts, we've been mostly right about all of them. This is one that we got way wrong. Like, you liked Anthony Richardson, he's pan- he's definitely going to pan out. You didn't like Bryce Young, he's not going to really pan out. We didn't like Levis, he's probably not going to pan out. But this one, we were not in on Stroud, and man, does he look good. D'Amico's coaching him up. Yeah. I know he's a defensive guy, but he gets credit for, you know, I mean, I'm sure he's – I don't believe when they say he's a defensive head coach, like he provides nothing to that. What does he do, just not go to the meetings? He's a head coach. Like he has to know something about offense. But even if, they, if he doesn't, he hires the, the staff. And you get credit for that. The same way Sean Payton should get crapped on for hiring Vance Joseph as abomination. Like that's Sean Payton's hire. Mm-hmm. D'Amico hired – I think he took the Niners' Bobby Sloak as offensive coordinator. Yeah, uh, yeah he gets credit for that. Uh, he gets credit for bringing in guys that are going to, you know, help out the team culture. Like, I mean, I know Jimmy Ward was a big one for him with the Niners. And I think there were a couple other ones. Robert that, Woods. Yeah, exactly. Guys uh, that if, like. If, watch the sideline on a Houston game. I've noticed this in the Jacksonville game. I noticed this in the Pittsburgh game. Watch that sideline. Anytime anyone makes a play, it could be a run that gets stuffed for a one-yard gain for the other team. That sideline goes nuts. Like, they I, are playing. I think it matters. Because. Like, Robert Sala was a big rah-rah guy on the sideline defense. Same thing with D'Amico. They coached. They were, they were coordinating on the sideline. I've seen this year Steve Wilkes is like, I know he's a bit older, but like he's up in the press box. Like, I mean, he's probably a good defensive coordinator. I like him. I think the Niners defense has been fine. But, like, I I miss having Sala or, like, D'Amico, like, fired up and, like, you know, smacking shoulder pads and stuff with the, <laughs> the players on the sideline. It brings the juice. And the Texans got a lot of juice right now. Ton of juice. They had a, a a fullback run a kickoff back for a touchdown a few weeks ago. That kind of <laughs> stuff doesn't happen if you don't have positive vibes going down there in Houston. So you think they can win the AFC South? I like that. I think that's a good call. 
especially the way Jacksonville's been playing. Yeah. Jacksonville's got to play, uh, you know, Buffalo and Kansas City. Or yeah. they already lost to Kansas they City. Yeah, Buffalo and, this week. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I the mean, Texans do not have a game that, on their schedule anywhere near Buffalo. Yeah, so you think Houston can get to 10-plus wins. That's a wild take. I think That's I'm coach of the getting, year. If he gets them 10, that's coach. Oh. And we've, we've, for multiple years, talked about how much we liked D'Amico. He was a great leader when he was on the Texans as a player and on the Eagles as a player. Great leader of the Niners' defense. After Sala left, they basically did not lose a step. And now look at him. Everyone just, was like, what you are you going to do? Who are you going to hire? Like, where are you going to go? Are you going to hire outside? And we're like, no, we're good. <laughs> no, we got D'Amico. And, man, hats off to him. One of the MVPs of the early part of the season, a guy who's turned around a franchise that really since the Deshaun Watson stuff started coming through, that franchise has been one of the worst in sports, and now all it takes is like an inspirational leader like him. So hats off to you, D'Amico. You know who could have had him? You know who could have had him? I don't think he would have taken the job. I think he's from Houston. His wife met his wife there, but, you know, drafted there. Not, I don't know if he's from there, but drafted there. His wife's from there. Uh, he interviewed for the Denver job. Interviewed for the Denver job. How's that working out? How's that working out for you, Denver? You got Sean Payton. So there it is. Joey's feels great, baby. Wild take. Houston will win the AFC South. Time to wrap up the pod. One last thing before we go. Uh, we always talk about something outside the NFL. Lots of stuff to talk about as, you know, basketball and uh, hockey are starting. Um, we have to talk about the MLB playoffs because there was a story yesterday uh, that we got to talk about. So Tampa Bay won 99 games. This is the equivalent of being, you know, 13-4 and four in the NFL. This is just a great team, like a great on-the-field team. Yesterday, they opened the playoffs in the wildcard round against the Texas Rangers. Fewer than 20,000 people showed up for that game. Now, I know it's on a Tuesday, but, like, all this, all these stories about, hey, we changed the rules of baseball to bring people in, and, you know, we're doing everything we can to grow this game and save the game. That's a failure by you, Rob Manfred. One of your playoff games was played yesterday with, quote-unquote, 19,000 people in the stands. It was way less than that if you watched the game. There were shots of the upper deck where every seat was, was empty. For a playoff game in your sport, screw you, Rob Manfred. Look what you've done to your game. I, Unbelievable. I think big picture, I think, I don't want to say like baseball's in trouble, but I, it's just been consistently like year after year, like just the, the coverage that just, just even people around, like it's just not on anyone's mind other than like diehard fans. And like, I agree with you a million percent. There's no reason to play. I don't know why these sports like hockey does the same thing kind of, but it's hard to do it in the first rounds because mm-hmm. there's more teams. But like this notion that like there has to be one playoff game on at one time, like you're not the NFL. Like you, you, your, your schedule doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. Put the game on it like for like do something creative. Have one on ESPN. Literally ESPN the only two. thing that mo- moves the needle is Otani and he's not there. So why schedule it like that? I, I was looking know. at the teams too. It does suck for Major League Baseball that it is Tampa, Baltimore, Minnesota, Toronto, I think Texas and Houston. Like, mm-hmm. there's no Yankees, there's no Red Sox, and f- people want to comp- like that matters because like just they they do move the needle more than the Tampa Bay Rays. No Yankees, no Red Sox, no Otani, no Trout. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no um, big names. But yeah, it's ter- I, I just I don't know. I don't I don't know what's gonna fix baseball. I have an idea. I like I would redo like the entire schedule 
Like, hmm. I would shorten it. You can't play hundreds. You can't do it. It devalues the product it, to play that. Like, many I games. just was watch. I watched a little bit of it, like in the background of like of work yesterday. Like, you play a hundred and sixty-two games. You win, like you said, Tampa won ninety-nine games, and you have to like it's it's like two days and you're done. Yeah, it could be. Maybe not, but like two days, like. Or even you lose two out of three, like three days, like you're done? Yeah, Tampa's done. Done. They're done less than 36 hours. Are they? I haven't even looked. Are they losing They lost. Today? They were swept by Texas, yeah. Like, what is the it's point? Over. Like, I think baseball is, like, could maybe go, like, the college baseball. You know, like, the college baseball, you have, like, the regionals, the super regionals. Then, you like, like, the playoffs right. are quite long. Right. Like, I wonder if you did a baseball regular season of, like, three months, Right. Like April, May, June, and you made July and August and end this shit before football starts. <laughs> like That's you, not a bad idea. Like Obviously, you, the owners won't go for it because it's less. It's less game, less money. money. But like, urgency creates eyeballs, and there is no urgency. <laughs> One when there's a hundred and six, like you're like, oh bummer, your team lost. It's like, is it a bummer because they play again tomorrow, and they <laughs> play again after that? Sixty-one more, <laughs> like urgency like create urgency for fans to go to the games urgency for them to watch and then again golf did it and i think it really helped you know for the most part golf moved their shit up to end before football you cannot be playing baseball in november or late october can't happen like i i can't, it's it's too even much. when they schedule the world series every year is tuesday wednesday friday Saturday, Sunday, and then again Tuesday, Wednesday, so that they avoid football as much as they possibly can. But just by virtue of playing, you know, like, these honestly, games in October, honestly, nobody this, cares. It, honestly, if the World Series, I'm not going to say, like, I think people would obviously talk about it if it was like Yankees-Dodgers, right? But, like, more than likely, you're going to get a solid good team. Like, you could get, say you get Minnesota or Baltimore in the World Series against, who's it, like, Philly? Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah. Do you really think... ESPN is going to talk about that more than they're going to talk about maybe James Harden not showing up to practice or like Steph Curry if he took a shit that day or like anything happening in the NFL. No. No. Literally the only way it would happen is if Otani was in the world. I read read something that that baseball, Major League Baseball got really upset at ESPN because ESPN is like one of their big, obviously. I know Fox has like World Series and stuff, but. Like that, Stephen A. Smith was like, "I oh, basically said, oh, I like baseball, like whatever, who gives a shit." Like, like one of their main people, ESPN, is like just crapping on the sport. Mm-hmm. And like, I agree, it's probably not great. Like, I, I wish First Take and like those types of shows talked. I mean, like, I love football, but like, I mean, they if you notice, they never ever talk about baseball unless Shohei Otani hits three home runs and throws a no hitter. They might talk yeah. about him. Like. And it's just, and it just goes back, like, like, should they talk about them? Like, do they have to? Like, maybe. Like, but they're in the business of creating uh, of viewers and, like, what people, they put on what people want to watch. And if people mm-hmm. turn off the TV, if they start talking about baseball, that's not ESPN's fault. Like, that's baseball. And my suggestion, which they wouldn't do it, because like you said, you lose money. You know, I think you lose money in the short term, but I think you'll get more money then if you just keep doing this crap, like you have to start it in April, go April, May, June, July. You have like, I mean, put like others, fine, put other sports, put eight teams, six or seven, eight teams in the playoffs 
and have them go like a best of play a play a week, play like a seven yeah. game series, and like okay, you move on, like. You know, I don't know how buys could work with baseball because, like, you stop swinging a bat for, like, two weeks, like, you're screwed. Yeah, do the All-Star game at the end of June and then have, like, a three- or four-week pennant race and then have August be, be all the playoff games. I love that idea. Anything to shorten the season. They've already shortened the games, which that was step one. You can't have but a like four-hour game. I remember we did a podcast last year, like, you argued, and I agreed with it. Like, would you get a really good baseball game that matters? People will watch for five hours. Mm-hmm. Like you get like a 12, 13 inning world series playoff game. Like people are glued to it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, the problem is, is like how many big games in, in, in the entire major league baseball season are there really? Yeah. There's 2,430 games in a major league season. Maybe like 12 regular, season maybe like a couple matter. at the end of the season this year where it's like, Oh, they're one game back of like this. It's like, okay, might watch, but like, I don't know. Like, did you watch the playoff games? I've it's again just like like you, if, you're it, if you're not well, watching it, if you're not watching it, that's a problem. Yeah, I mean, I'm if I'm not watching hockey, baseball. it's a problem. Like the Sharks start next week, I almost forgot. That's a problem. Like if you can't yeah. get me to care, you can't get anyone to care. And They're I think losing core consumers for sure. I, and I think ba- I think baseball has a huge problem because it just it is it it, and I think it could sell to the young. I really do. Like I, I don't. Baseball was fun. I loved baseball. It was. And now look. I mean, from all the stuff happening with the A's and Manfred aiding and abetting the freaking loss of the Oakland A's to Las Vegas, and then you know these changes to the game that are supposedly trying to speed the game. I don't know. Everything about baseball right now is viewed in a negative light. Um, really tough. I mean, I put it on there as as what I wanted to close the pod with, just because like. Do you remember what the baseball playoffs were like when we were like 10, Oh, they were 12, my favorite thing. 14 years old. I mean, the best. And now it's like, oh, it's on ambulance. It wasn't even that long ago. You know, like I remember Even like 2013-2014. Like those like I remember when I remember when the A's played the Tigers, you know, first in the in the wild card or whatever division it was. Yeah, division and like, series, yeah. And like, you know, the Coco Chris walk-off game, like oh. you had like the radio call with Ray Fossett, like, you know, like Sonny yeah. Gray going toe to toe with Justin Verlander, like that's the thing. But that's the thing. Like I don't put all of it on like on Rob Manfred. Like this opener shit. Like cut the shit. Stop doing <laughs> it. Like people want to see Sonny Gray in prime time go up against Justin Verlander for seven eight innings. Stop yeah. with the opener and gets him out after inning and a third. It's stupid. No one cares. Like like this analytics are killing baseball. Yeah, killing or it. even has killed. I mean, when you're you right. The team, it might be dead because, like, yeah. oh, like who doesn't love the long ball? Like all this, like oh, launch v- exit velo launch angle. It's like, you know what people loved when the when the stadium's jacked. It's first and second, and like someone shoots a gapper off the right. Like, and it's like we got base runners, everything. Like, no, it's like now we're sending the batter up. It's like you better either hit a hit a home run or walk or strike out because you tried to hit a home run. That's it. Like, that's it? Yeah. Tough spot for baseball. I really hope they find a way to kind of, like, bring the product back to the national audience. It's been a long time since, like, people, you know, at large have cared about MLB. I just wanted to bring that up. It's like, it's October. It's baseball playoff time. Nobody, like, not a soul that I know is talking about playoff baseball. So, MLB playoffs, who gives a shit? That was the Baseball, I remember even being (laughs) in elementary, like, middle school, like, junior high, like, when the A's played the Giants, it was the biggest sports thing in the, like 
in school. In the Bay Area. It was all they talked about on Bay Area sports radio. It was everything. Everybody at school. But, like, you had half the class, like, rude for the day, half the class of Giants fans or, or whatever. It's like, I don't even think people even know the A's exist. <laughs> and I, the Giants are at an all-time low, yeah. too, in interest. Their their attendance this year was their lowest ever at Pacbell Park. They missed, you know, missed the playoffs. So, baseball, get your shit together, man. I mean, try Short to get the to what you were. Shorten the season. Make the product more valuable. Great idea. And I would tell the NFL. I would tell every sport. Like, NFL, like, you went to 17 games. Like, I know you're going to 18, but, like, 16 was nice. Yeah. Don't always need to have more playoff teams and more playoff games and more games in the regular season. Quit devaluing your product, baseball. Um, Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Another episode in the books. Uh, We love doing these with you every week. We'll be back again next week to uh, recap week five, give you a preview of week six, give you five more bets. Um, Awesome feedback from a lot of folks this week who were like hey where's the pod because we were a couple days late so i appreciate everybody who who texts us and who uh watches on youtube who listens on spotify and apple podcasts um leave us a review like rate and subscribe as those youtubers say uh appreciate everybody listening and uh yeah we'll talk to you again next week (laughs) 